Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Talk about songs. Talk about We absolutely talk about songs. This is at least the 219th time we've talked about songs. I am the Sarah in Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, Sarah D. Bunting, and I am here with the Simply Marvy, Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark. Ooh, I feel like Philly Crystal on Saturday Night Live. Thank you. You look marvelous. I I can't actually see you, but I just know that you look marvelous. Speaking of marvelous, uh, uh, well, I am wearing a, sh- a shirt with a cute flower pattern on it today. <laughs> Very paisley to go with the Marvy groovy descriptor. Um, Mark, I believe that we are talking about something that uh, no one can compare to today. Is that true? Tell us more. That is absolutely right. So today is uh, my turn to bring a song into the room, and I have selected Alicia Keys' No One. Um, this is just a song that every time I have heard it for the over 10 years that it has been around, it has elevated my mood a bit. And sometimes I don't have any deeper reason than that. I just really like this song and it makes me happy. So before we dive into the conversation, I'd love to just go ahead and hear the clip. I would love to as well. Here it comes. So, Sarah, I say this as a compliment when I say that one of the reasons I like this song is its simplicity. It's one of those songs that I got it the first time I heard it, probably within 45 seconds. The the beat of this song is fairly straightforward. The piano line is straightforward. The vocal is uh, accomplished, but it's not showy. She's really hitting some lovely notes, but she's not ornamenting them all that much. But somehow for me... The straightforward package really works because the song has a lightness and an effervescence that I really like. And because it is a song about how no one can love you better than the person that you're with right now, that all seems appropriate. So it's a nice reminder that a great pop song can sometimes deliver you an uncomplicated joy rush. And even though the song does get a little bit more... uh, there's more to come at the very, very end of the song, which we'll talk about later. For the most part, it just is it is what it looks like it's going to be. It is what it sounds like it's going to be. And I like that. Well, I it's so funny because this like I I put it on to listen to it and I was like, I don't know this song. And then I was like, oh, of course I know this song. This is one of those songs that was everywhere you went for a while. And then In fact, I believe based on my research, not believe, I know, based on my research. It was the most played song on American radio in 2008. That does not surprise me at all. Um, It also doesn't surprise me that it sort of vanished from view. Like, I I definitely feel like I haven't heard it in a while. Um, It it brought me back to a certain time and, like, neighborhood of Brooklyn that 
I haven't set foot in in like a dozen years. And it was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I would recommend to listeners that if you are looking to refresh your memory about the song, if you go the YouTube route, don't watch the video at the same time as you're like, just listen to the song because the video is to me extremely distracting because Alicia Keys is one of the most beautiful humans made by God. And it is extremely distracting, <laughs> at least if you're sort of <laughs> preparing for uh, discussing the song the way that we do. I really, after a few minutes, had to be like, okay. I'm going to open another window to hide her because all my notes are about her lip gloss and her bone structure. And that's, <laughs> I mean, it's not totally what we do here. Mark and Sarah talk about um, presentation, not, not the name of the podcast. <laughs> this is such an interesting case because I think Alicia Keys is great and also um, – beautiful and i could look at her all day like i find how gorgeous she is extremely um soothing <laughs> for lack of a better word but this song is so this song is so built um mm. and i mean that in the sense of like it's you know it's built like a lady is like it's stacked with good things but it's also very constructed, but not in an insincere way. It sort of goes back to what you were just saying that was like, you know, it's not like it's competent, but not showy. I just feel like this, um, this beat, uh, this vocal, like all the component parts are very carefully selected and very carefully mm -hmm. constructed. And the song itself and the singer are not unaware of this fact, but there is a place for that kind of song that has that, I don't know who constructed the song, but there is that Max Martin algebraic quality to it mm -hmm. that... In the, but in the case of this song, like I respect the construction and I like the song. I like the familiarity and the sort of portal that it opens up to um, the late aughts, um, as, as troublesome as they were to many of us. But at the same time, because it's Alicia Keys, I, I almost wanted a little more from it that it was like, this is greater than the sum of the parts, but it should be even greater than the sum of the parts. Does that make any sense? Mm. Like, mm. Mm -hmm. and I also don't know Alicia Keys uh, oeuvre so well that I can make assertions like this, but I feel like this particular tempo is maybe not her, like not her strength. Is I mean, am I way mm. off base with that? Like, I I sort of made some notes that was like, I want this to either be a slow jam where she um uh unbreak my hearts the shit out of this vocal, <laughs> or I want it to be more of like a a disco remix sensation. But something about it was like, eh, like it's not it's not quite itself, despite how um extremely professionally assembled it is. There's like one, it's like, well, you know, this is an extremely um, well-assembled Billy bookshelf, but I actually wanted a Palax. <laughs> I 
I don't know how I don't know how we got <laughs> into IKEA. Is that an IKEA thing? Palax? That sounds like a robot friend from a 1970s sci-fi cartoon. Um, as an IKEA like I don't know amateur amateur IKEAologist, I can tell you that the Palax is the slightly less bulky standard set of squares bookcase that replaced the Expedite AMA. Well, it really, to me, does sound like the robot that plays baseball with little Johnny because no one else will on Mars. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's so a sad story. So I think that we actually are in a certain type of agreement. Oh, no, I think we are, Alicia too. Keys's, on Alicia Keys' oeuvre. Um, primarily for me, I am... I've gone fairly deep in her oeuvre. I'm just going to keep saying that word in that way. I have Ooh. two of her full-length albums, or at least did at one point. And I think that the phrase that you used right away is the right one, which is that it has sort of disappeared from view. Right. I think that Alicia Keys makes music that is by and large designed to be pleasant in the moment and slide right off the brain as soon as it's over. Okay. Now, whether or not she intends that to be the outcome, I don't know. But I have found that Alicia Keys is someone who is incredibly talented, but never has made a song with the urgent stickiness of, say, Umbrella by Rihanna, right? The right. first time you hear Umbrella, you're like, oh, fuck, I have to hear that again. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, and, I think uh, that's right. Yeah. And... I actually think that's fine. It's kind of like going back to our Belinda Carlisle conversation from a few weeks ago. I mean, obviously, Alicia Keys is a vastly superior singer, and I don't believe that she that Belinda Carlisle can play the piano. I mean, Alicia Keys is also quite gifted musically. She writes. She produces a lot of her own music. In fact, um, she is one of the only women to write and produce a number one hit all by herself. She did that with Fallen, her debut song, right. when she was still a teenager. But that being said, even Fallen to me, it's not a song that I feel like is exceptional. It's it's just very good. And I think that a song like No One, when you talk about disappearing from view, that what what comes to my mind is I'm it's the summertime, I'm at a an outdoor food event. Uh-huh. No one comes on over the speakers that are hanging next to the tent where I'm getting my barbecue. And everyone is like, yeah, this song. And you're happy for 15 seconds, and it plays out, and then the next song starts, and that's fine. Uh And I think that there is something to be said for songs that fill that niche, because it actually is a need that we have in the world. We need songs that make us a little happier, but also allow us to go about our day. Because there is a song like, if... if, um, Oh, I can't even remember now what it was, but we've talked recently about a song that if it comes on, oh, Human League's uh, Don't You Want Me. I remember we said this. If that song comes on, you may as well stop what you're doing for a few seconds because everyone's going to have to listen to it. Yep. And I can't always get distracted from my barbecue. So that's where the very (laughs) gifted and competent and from all uh, evidence that I've seen quite lovely in person, Alicia Keys comes in. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, my notes were all sort of like, Uh, you know, here's my issue with X and here's my issue with Y. Like she comes into this vocal at an eight and then she kind of has nowhere to go. Like she doesn't have to travel that far to the 10 and she doesn't take that long to do it. Um, Is this necessarily my preference in the ideal like narrative song? No. Is that what this song is for? No. 
But everything that I wrote down ends up boiling down to hashtag work smarter, not harder on her part, which (laughs) I have to respect that, that she's like, well, I could come in at a two and do this like Sinead, this is the last day of our acquaintance thing, but like it isn't. It's like the 49th day of our acquaintance and that's what I'm singing about. Right. That And that's what I'm going to do. And also, it is easy for me, Alicia Keys, to come in at eight, stay at an eight for a few bars, go straight to a 10 and stay there while also playing the piano and wearing some absolutely skin tight body con thing and some glitter on my face and like, fuck you, that's my job and I do it well. Sure. And you're yes. so right yes. that this is like the outdoor tent event or like... I don't even know, flea market playlist that's like, it's recent and it's like not unchic as a hit, but it's not going to offend anyone. Like right. your nephew knows the song, your um, Jehovah's Witness coworker knows the song, your Nana knows the song, everybody knows the song, everybody can try to sing along with it, not as well as Alicia Keys, and it's like a crowd pleaser, but not like a... But it's merely a pleaser, right? So right, it's it's not a crowd energizer, right? Pro- probably not. Um, again, I I feel that this is I don't think it's lazy, um, and I don't think it's insincere. I just think that this is somebody who doesn't actually have to try that hard to make this kind of hit, and nor should she. It's not my money. Go get it. And, you know, what you said about this is my damn job, it's Alicia Keys is exactly in the same camp as someone like Shania Twain, who I've always just perceived as seeing pop music as her job. Uh-huh. And she's like, yes, I have come and done my job, which is construct a pleasant song for you to listen to. Goodbye. Yeah. And that <laughs> is fine. <laughs> that was a very AOL goodbye. <laughs> It really was. I thought that too. (laughs) You've got mail. Goodbye. Oh my God. Like every time we see the title of You've Got Mail or um, like anything even close to it, like, oh, the mail has arrived when my brother and I shared a living structure. He also, way back when he had an AOL address in the, you know, 90s, um, you could you could switch it to like a celebrity voice announcing it for a while. Oh, really? And they got fucking Mick Jagger to do it. Wow. So now, like I would go downstairs to my brother's half of our house that we shared. And instead of being like, you got some mail, I'd be like, you've got a letter, which is <laughs> how Mick Jagger would say it. Amazing. That was that was not worth the time it took to tell that story. But here we all are. And it's well- music related. I used I used AOL when I was Indigo Mail at AOL.com because Indigo, Indigo Boy Mail? was already taken. Yeah. Did I know this? I don't think you did. I haven't thought this... about it in ages. Indigo Boy was taken. I loved the Indigo Girls, so I did Indigo Mail instead. Wait, Mail or Mail M-A-L-E? M-A-L-E. Indigo Mail. Oh, my God. I wish you still had yep. that address. <laughs> this is like the beautiful every now and then it's like you know we've been pod married for a while but every now and then you find you find out something new about your pod spouse indigo mail 
Anyway, well, um, let me so assure you, returning. when I was repping as Indigo Male at AOL.com, oh. I definitely would have changed my welcome voice to be a celebrity if I'd known I had that option. I forget who the other celebrities were, but I mean, Mick Jaggers, you've got a letter. And then I forget how um, I forget how he said goodbye. But it was something like ciao or I don't know. Something Fuck off, mate. That's probably not right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it was not it. Um, I believe but I think that you have back, a... Just in the spirit of um, people who do their job, I think that every single Alicia Keys song that I've ever heard perfectly fits that bill. I'm thinking about songs of hers that I really quite like, like Try Sleeping With a Broken Heart, If I Ain't Got You, um, the grammatically suspect chorus of Empire State of Mind, Concrete Jungle Where Dreams Are Made Of. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, but and I mean, Empire State of Mind is really a good example because that seemed designed to just be bought for the rights by sex in the city by the state of new york's marketing team by i don't know a co-concert with billy joel promoter like that just seemed like built built for sale and good it's good it's a good song and when the Yankees are in the the World Series and they need an entrance song, mm-hmm. that's there, there. There it is. Yeah, you can't use Sinatra for everything. Well, you know, we're also at this point for two episodes in a row talking about workmanlike musicians because obviously Charlie Pride falls into this camp, at least with what he did on Kiss and Angel Good Morning. Right. But when it comes to workmanlike music, I prefer this kind. <laughs> I I think that's right. Yeah, you don't seem like a big fan of the. Um let's just uh let's just file it and cash the check nashville version of this oh but speaking of versions i think that you had another clip for us to listen oh yeah because one thing that does set no one a a little bit apart for me is it's got my favorite honestly possibly my favorite use of call and response in a chorus in the 21st century uh so this is at the very end of the song when her producer decides to for like five seconds become her hype man and this is honestly the part that i look forward to the most every time i listen to no one let's hear it I love that, that he's like, I feel this so hard that I'm just going to become a part of the song. Sure. <laughs> right there at the end. And that weird little synthesizer sound and him. And it's just like, so there is this video on YouTube from Sesame Street where Elmo is trying to decide what kind of snack he wants. Does he want to have a sweet potato or does he want to have, oh, damn, I can't remember now, some other vegetable. And so the the two vegetables have a rap battle. <laughs> about who what Elmo should have as a snack and Aww. they both sort of use rap to lay down why they're the best snack as you do and, wh- and one of them has a broccoli hype man who's just in the <laughs> oh it's i think it's i want to say maybe it's carrots anyway there's the broccoli hype man in the back is like yeah yeah beta carotene so in my mind the the producer on Alicia Keys hollering at the end is the broccoli hype man <laughs> I oh my god, amazing. MC Brooklyn. And I want to be clear, I don't mean that 
I don't mean that a human being, as a human being, he went in to provide the voice of the broccoli hype man. I mean that in this song, a piece of broccoli is the one that's making these sounds. I'm content with that interpretation. <laughs> I mean, like, and it also goes with our goes with our food event. It's like the broccoli with the General So's chicken. Ooh, yeah. I'm oh, hungry. General So, your legacy will never be diminished. <laughs> I mean, should we end it there? Because I guess I think honestly, <laughs> I think we've said what we have to say. I think so, and we've we've honored General So. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at MarkandSarahTalkAboutSongs.com. You'll also find all of our social media links there, too. That's Mark and Sarah with an H, talkaboutsongs.com. And for even more content and access to the Mastass Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash Mastass. Thanks for listening. Sarah talk about songs Talk about songs Talk about songs Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.